The House and Senate are still adjourned. The House will return to work on Monday, November 16th. The Senate will return to work tomorrow. Now let's talk about election results. On Tuesday, voters who had not already voted early trooped to the polls across the country to cast their ballots. Voter turnout is projected to set all-time records. As ballots are still being counted, we're not sure of final results, but projections indicate that as a share of voting age population, the nation will surpass 66% turnout. Big tech and big media got it wrong. Rather than the Joe Biden blowout we'd been primed to expect, election night was a nail-biter. By the time most of us went to bed, there were still several states where hundreds of thousands of ballots remained to be counted, and the margins were just too close to call. At evening's end, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin were still toss-ups. By Thursday, Michigan and Wisconsin had been called for Biden. Trump's leads in Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania were being whittled down, and not enough votes were moving his way in Arizona and Nevada. We woke Friday morning to the news that overnight, votes had come in to shift both Georgia and Pennsylvania to small but growing Biden leads. On Saturday, the consensus was that Pennsylvania and Arizona were far enough along in their counts that they could be added to former Vice President Biden's electoral totals. Those two states put him over the top. But the Trump campaign has not yet conceded the race. In a number of states, including Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, the campaign is still contesting the outcome with legal challenges. While Tuesday evening was a nail-biter at the presidential level, it was a Republican rout in the down-ballot races. Below the race for the White House, Republicans beat expectations across the board. Let's start with the contest for control of the U.S. House of Representatives. Going into Election Day, Democrats held 232 seats in the U.S. House, while Republicans held 197. There were five vacancies. Republicans would need to pick up 17 seats to take control. Rather than the 10 to 15 seat net gain the handicappers projected for Speaker Pelosi and House Democrats, it was Republicans who made gains. <clears throat> At last count, Democrats had taken three seats previously held by Republicans, but Republicans had picked up eight seats previously held by Democrats for a GOP net gain of five. In addition, there are 16 Democrat-held seats still too close to call, and just seven Republican-held seats that are too close to call. So again, it appears as if Republicans may pick up even more seats. That would leave House Democrats with one of the smallest majorities in decades and could put GOP recapture of the House in play in the 2022 midterm elections. Democratic pickups were in North Carolina 2, North Carolina 6, and Georgia 7. Republican pickups were in Florida 26, Florida 27, Iowa 1, Michigan 3, Minnesota 7, New Mexico 2, Oklahoma 5, and South Carolina 1. Democrat-held seats that are too close to call are in Arizona 1, California 21, California 39, California 48, Iowa 2, Illinois 14, Nevada 3, Nevada 4, New York 11, New York 19, New York 22, Pennsylvania 7, Pennsylvania 8, Pennsylvania 17, Utah 4, and Washington 8. Republican-held seats that are still too close to call are the Alaska at large, Arizona 6, California 25, New York 1, New York 2, New York 24, and Texas 24. Now to Senate results. Republicans hold the majority in the U.S. Senate with 53 members against 45 Democrats and two independents who caucus with the Democrats. In order to recapture control of the chamber, Democrats would have to net four seats in the event of a Trump re-election or three seats in the event of a Biden victory.
Democrats went into Election Day thinking they had a shot at a wipeout of historic proportions. Republican incumbents in Arizona and Colorado were virtually guaranteed to lose. Republican incumbents in Georgia, Iowa, Maine, Montana, North Carolina, and South Carolina were all considered toss-ups and were trailing in the polls and in money. And even Republican incumbents in Alaska, Kansas, and Texas were considered vulnerable. In the end, only Martha McSally in Arizona and Cory Gardner in Colorado went down to defeat. Republican Senators Joni Ernst in Iowa, Susan Collins in Maine, Steve Daines in Montana, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, and John Cornyn in Texas all survived. Meanwhile, Republicans defeated Doug Jones in Alabama, so the net gain for the Democrats as of right now is just one seat. Four races remain outstanding at this point. The Alaska race, where incumbent Republican Dan Sullivan looks poised to romp to re-election. The North Carolina race, where incumbent Republican Tom Tillis holds about a 95,000 vote lead over his challenger, with 97% of the vote reported. And the two races in Georgia, in which none of the candidates receive 50% plus one of the votes, mandating runoffs between the top two vote-getters in each race. Those runoff elections will be held on January 5th. And the outcome of those two races will determine who holds the gavels in the Senate for the next two years. Assuming both the Alaska seat and the North Carolina seat remain in Republican hands, then Democrats could take control of the U.S. Senate only if they take both Georgia seats in the runoff elections. I cannot begin to explain to you how very imperative it is that Republicans maintain control of the Senate. Chuck Schumer, who would become majority leader if Democrats were to win both seats in Georgia, said it yesterday, quote, now we take Georgia and then we change America. To prevent that from happening, Republicans will have to win at least one of the two seats in play in runoff elections. But given that both elections are being held on the same day, I'm not sure of the likelihood that the two seats would split. There are going to be relatively few voters who show up to vote and decide to support one Republican and one Democrat. That would be an odd voter in this day and age. In one race, incumbent Republican David Perdue will go up against Democrat challenger John Ossoff. In the second race, incumbent Republican Kelly Loeffler will go up against Democrat challenger Raphael Warnock. Now, in the states... At state legislative level, Republicans went into Election Day controlling 59 of the nation's 99 legislative chambers. Despite targeting huge sums of money to try to take back control of state houses in Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Texas, and Wisconsin, among others, Democrats failed to pick up even a single legislative chamber. Republicans, on the other hand, picked up the New Hampshire House and the New Hampshire Senate. Of the 11 gubernatorial elections, Democrats held three, Republicans held seven, and Republicans picked up one in Montana with the election of Representative Greg Gianfort. Control of the state legislatures and governor's mansions is important for the decennial redistricting that will take place next year. According to an analysis by the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, the results of Tuesday's elections at the state level will leave Republicans in total control of drawing the lines for 181 congressional districts, while Democrats will have control of the line drawing process for just 76 congressional districts. Now, a rundown of the Trump legal challenges and recounts that are outstanding. In Arizona, on November 7th, the Trump campaign and the Republican National Committee filed a lawsuit over rejected votes in Maricopa County. The lawsuit alleges that in-person votes were disregarded as a result of improper guidance provided by poll workers. Georgia, on November 6th, Georgia's Secretary of State announces that the state will do a recount. Michigan. 
November 4th, the Trump campaign files a lawsuit in Michigan to halt vote counting until Republican observers are given appropriate access. The following day, a Michigan judge denies the request. Nevada, on November 5th, the Trump campaign backs two lawsuits that seek changes in signature verification requirements used for processing ballots and expanded access for Republican poll watchers in Clark County. The following day, a federal judge denies the request for changes to the signature verification procedures, and a district judge rejects the lawsuit seeking expanded access for poll watchers. On November 6th, the Nevada Republican Party declares that its attorneys have sent to Attorney General William Barr a criminal referral alleging at least 3,062 cases of voter fraud in the state based on voters having moved out of the state. Pennsylvania. November 4th, the Trump campaign files a lawsuit challenging a court-ordered deadline extension for first-time voters who need to fulfill a missing identification requirement. November 4, Trump campaign intervenes in a Supreme Court challenge to Pennsylvania's deadline extension for late-arriving mail-in ballots. November 4, Trump campaign files a lawsuit in Pennsylvania to halt ballot counting until GOP observers are granted appropriate access. On the following day, a Pennsylvania appellate court rules in favor. Pennsylvania election officials then appeal that decision to the state Supreme Court. On November 5th, the Trump campaign, I'm sorry, the Trump campaign sues Philadelphia County's Board of Elections to try to get an emergency injunction to halt ballot counting in that county. The same day, a federal judge denies the emergency request. And then on November 6th, the U.S. US Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito issues a temporary order requiring the state to segregate mail-in ballots that arrived after Election Day. Finally, in Wisconsin, on November 4, the Trump campaign requests a recount in the state. Justin Clark, the Trump campaign deputy campaign manager, announced on November 7 that his team would initiate the recount. The Trump campaign will add new legal challenges in several of these states tomorrow, we are reliably told. This is not the end. This is not the beginning of the end. This is only the end of the beginning. And that's our Washington Report for this week.